Welcome to the Miss Medical Podcast, Diagnosis Flatline. I'm your host, Destry Godwin. Miss Medical explores stories of misdiagnosis, malpractice, mysteries, and misogyny. You're my interns, and this is where true crime and medicine collide. This is Miss Medical. story, we're hopping across the pond and going to Barnsley, United Kingdom. It's a town located between Sheffield and Leeds, towards the Manchester area of the country. Barnsley was a town that embraced a growing economy thanks to the coal industry all the way up to the 1950s. The economy declined as the coal era passed, and the town has focused on reinventing itself towards a service economy by reimagining and regenerating its town center. The town calls itself a mix of rural and semi-rural character, with a population of about 227,000 people. One of those residents is Lois Walker, and to tell her story, we need to go back to June of 2020, when she was 35 years old and working as a buyer at an engineering firm. In June of 2020, Lois and her partner, Dale Winstow, welcomed baby Ronnie into their lives, which took their family of three, Lois, Dale, and their 10-year-old, Cole, to a family of four. Shortly after Ronnie was born, Lois started suffering from digestive issues. She described it at the time as being mostly stomach pain and strange bathroom habits. Knowing that our bodies can get a bit wonky after giving birth, this wouldn't normally be particularly concerning to Lois, but she did want to be cautious with her health. See, Lois had been diagnosed with skin cancer two years prior, and while the removal and treatment had been successful, it did make her more aware of her health and keeping tabs on what was going on with her body. When the stomach pain wasn't improving even after she had fully recovered from Ronnie's birth, she went to see her doctor. He suspected it was a digestive issue. I mean, kind of makes sense. So he gave her antacids to try and basically tried to reassure her that these things are just a normal part of getting older. As time passed, the antacids were clearly not helping. Frustrated, Lois made many calls to her family doctor and even several trips to the local emergency room, where there they suspected IBS and told her to try avoiding dairy. Eventually, though, her persistence paid off, but not in the way she expected. Her family doctor, having been on the receiving end of over 20 phone calls and 
seeing the history of her ER visits, diagnosed Lois with medical anxiety, which is medically known as hypochondria, where a person has persistent but unrealistic fears about having a serious illness or becoming sick. He prescribed the anxiety medication citalopram. As a side note on the absolute irony of this, common side effects of citalopram include nausea, diarrhea, constipation, vomiting, stomach pain, heartburn, and weight loss. Now, to me, this just seems like a less than ideal list of side effects to give to somebody who is already complaining of stomach issues. Even if the doctor really truly believed that the issues she was having were in her head, giving her a medication that would actually cause legitimate stomach issues doesn't seem like the best idea to me. I feel like it would just reaffirm her fears that at first it was in her head, but now it's actually real and that would just make your anxiety go even more crazy. I don't know. By early 2021, Lois was pregnant again with her third child and she and Dale were thrilled to be expanding their family again. Given that there was a large age gap between the first two children, I'm sure they loved the idea of little Ronnie having a sibling that would be close in age. However, despite how overjoyed Lois might have been, it wasn't enough to push aside her worry about her abdominal pain. A moment that stands out to Lois was when she was 14 weeks and 5 days pregnant. She had just recently had her anatomy ultrasound to reveal the gender of the baby. She had just gotten home, and she was overcome by stomach pain. She had a brother who had been diagnosed with Crohn's disease, so she had a strong worry in her mind, certainly not unfounded, that she might actually have the same condition. According to Medline Plus, Crohn's disease does tend to cluster in families, with about 15% of people diagnosed already having a first-degree relative, which would be like a parent or a sibling, who already has the disease. Lois's pregnancy progressed, but her health was not improving. When she reached nine months pregnant, with the finish line in sight, Lois just about lost it all. The pain had become unbearable. She was mentally and emotionally broken. The terrifying pain had taken such a toll on her mental health that she told doctors if nothing was done, she would kill herself and her unborn baby. From one mom, being me, to another this really just breaks my heart to think of the extent of the pain that she must have endured to reach such a point of desperation. Lois was admitted to the hospital for pain management and given morphine. While this might sound as if they were finally taking her seriously, 
they did not do any further investigations into the cause of the pain. I think at this point, with her having previously been labeled as a hypochondriac with probably IBS, it seems like this was just something that the doctors saw as reaffirming that diagnosis. Instead of investigating, they assigned a mental health team to work with her. In a final act of desperation to be taken seriously, Lois yet again threatened her life, a statement she later said that she felt ashamed to make. Finally, doctors at the Barnsley Hospital decided to investigate, and they found a mass sitting behind her womb. On September 3rd, 2021, the day after the mass was discovered in her abdomen, doctors induced Lois's labor. When her labor didn't progress as quickly as was hoped, the plan changed and her team decided to go ahead with a C-section to get the baby safely delivered. I'm sure in some ways this was twofold. It also meant they'd need to open her abdomen, which could give them a valuable line of sight into that mass. What should have been one of the best days of her life, meeting sweet baby Ray, would turn out to be anything but joyful. When they opened her abdomen, they found baby Ray, and they also found cancer. Absolutely everywhere. Lois had cancer in her ovaries, the lining of her abdomen, and her lymph nodes. It had also spread to her bowel, her stomach, and her liver. It was so bad, baby Ray was actually born with an indent in his head from where he had been pressed up against a tumor, fighting for space. Lois's liver had fused to her diaphragm, her bladder had fused to the back of her womb, and both ovaries had fused. Doctors attempted to cut back what they could, but it was like a tidal wave of tumors everywhere they looked. Lois said, quote, My abdomen was so diseased, tumors everywhere. They said that it was like a bag of sand that had been opened and it had just gone everywhere. Lois underwent surgeries and treatments to attempt to remove and slow the cancer, but the doctors did not mince their words when they told her it was a stage 4 diagnosis and would ultimately be terminal. Lois later found out that she has a mutation on her BRCA1 gene, which made her more susceptible to breast and ovarian cancer. Frustratingly, and I do not say that lightly, there is a blood test that can detect this mutation, which could have not told Lois necessarily of her diagnosis, but it could have at least given her the knowledge that she was at a higher risk or 
would have better identified her early symptoms as being potentially red flags for cancer. And Lois had even advocated for this testing herself, but was told that she did not meet the criteria. And this just, I have to go off on a side note for a second here because this makes me so mad. And we see this so often in healthcare. This case obviously is not in North America, but we see it all the time here in North America. If somebody requests a a colonoscopy before they are at the regular screening age, if somebody requests this exact blood test to determine if you carry that gene that puts you at high risk, people are routinely told no Because if you don't have a good enough case to make to your doctor of solid family history, proving why the the state or the province or the country or whatever should pay the money for that test for you, then you just don't get it. I don't understand how we can have this testing available, especially for this BCRA gene that is as easy as a blood test. And yet, we don't do it as part of routine screenings. The medical clinic did manage to put together a fairly pathetic statement regarding Lois's case, saying, quote, We are sorry to hear Miss Walker's concern about her care and that she didn't feel listened to. End quote. I don't know about you, But this makes my blood boil. It's not that she did not feel listened to. It's that she wasn't listened to. As for Lois, she said, quote, I don't know what else I could have done. It was like nobody wanted to listen. I said to them, I feel like I'm going to die. I wanted to be taken seriously. There was something seriously wrong, end quote. Initially after her diagnosis, Lois struggled to adjust to the news. She feared leaving behind her children, even to the point of saying she was worried about getting too attached to baby Ray. She feared how much she loved him and how much it would hurt to leave him. As of this recording, Lois is still fighting and spending her time making memories with her family. She is still receiving treatment and will be undergoing a double mastectomy. She hopes to marry Dale and has been planning a wedding for them. While her cancer is still terminal, she is doing what she can to make the most of her time and to make memories. Dale recently surprised her with a weekend trip to Castleton in a Volkswagen camper, where they just sat outside with the doors open, taking a moment to slow down and just appreciate life. Lois expresses it best when she said, quote, I don't want to be bitter for all that wrongdoing. I want all my energy to have a purpose. My kids are my purpose. I want to concentrate on making memories. I was happy, but at the same time, it makes me so sad 
because I just think, how many more of these am I going to get? But I think, at least if I die, I've accomplished what I want. I've got three gorgeous kids and a loving husband, I hope. I'd say it gets easier, but since this fundraising Megan's done, it's not been easy because you don't expect so much love. If love could save me, I would live forever. End quote. If you'd like to contribute towards Lois's fundraising, you can find the link on the episode notes on our website, missmedicalpodcast.com. For sources and additional show notes, follow the link in the episode summary to our website. If you'd like to see pictures related to the episodes and the Miss Medical Podcast, you can find us on Instagram as Miss Medical Podcast. If you love Miss Medical and want to support the show, find us on Patreon where you can officially join the intern team. All episodes are written by myself and aim to be as factually accurate as possible. Music is an original composition recorded and produced by Jason Chamberlain. And of course, make sure you follow the podcast on your chosen platform so you never miss an episode.